So Wednesday night, we've been uh, going through our, our prayer book together. Uh, I know some are unable to go, and you're still going through the prayer book together. And we went 40 days, and we really want, as a church, they want to do anything until we heard from God and sought God. And then once we went through 40 days, we said to ourselves, you know what, we need to do this again. Because God began to do some amazing things that we, we do not want to take any credit for. And uh, so we're kind of working through it uh, a second time. And, and then as the Lord would, as we learn to listen, then we want to learn to be obedient. And then we want to learn to take steps in his, uh, his kind of his way. And so uh, two more weeks on, on, on this. And there's still some books back there. Uh, it's just been beautiful. I'm, I'm not sure if I've ever had, I think because it talks about how to pray. It's not so much the words but it's a vehicle to get you into the presence of the Lord. And when you're in the presence of the Lord, things change. It's not so much that God changes. It's something that happens in my heart. And I can hardly wait almost every day. And I can't say that I can hardly wait to pray. Usually I get to pray, or I should pray. But what this has changed, at least this season in my life, is I can kind of hardly wait to quiet my heart and pursue the one who loves me most. So, Lord, right now, we want to pursue the one who loves us most. Lord, we're going to, there's so many rivers that can come into our life. Uh, prayer is one of those rivers. Worship is one of those expressions. Uh, the Bible is, is key in our foundation, Lord. As we turn to your word, thank you, Lord, uh, for the, the word of God. Lord, the word of God. One verse we're going to look at today, that the Word of God would dwell, will live in us. It would, uh, it would inhabit us, Lord. I think Jeremiah said that he paused and he kind of ate the Word. Uh, I know that's a metaphor, but somehow, Lord, it's got to go from our eyes into our brain, into our hearts, to really have it dwell in us richly, abundantly. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is probably the first time I've done this, at least kind of in this season, but you have in your bulletin kind of our study. And so if you don't have a bulletin, I have Eddie and is back there. If you, if you don't have just a bulletin with a little Bible study in it, then raise your hand, and we'll kind of pass that out. So it looks like uh, a couple hands up, Eddie. So if you don't have a bulletin with a Bible study in it, raise your hand on up, and we're, kind of, we're going to follow through this. The cool part is you get to kind of take this home, and you get to, you get to, get to kind of look through it. You've got to put it on your, your refrigerator. Uh, David and Allie here, they live, they're living in San Diego, and David may say, I remember these verses. These are really good verses. This is one of my passions again. And uh, so keep your hand up. We've got Eddie, we've got uh, Joel, got some kids. We got, yeah, there we go. Just... He didn't know I was going to put you to work. I'm not sure when Eddie got saved, but he did. And he keeps getting saved every day, right, Eddie? We started on March 5th as uh, 
and the statement was out of Mark chapter 2, is it's take them to Jesus. And there was a, a lame man that had a need. And there was a team of people, team of friends, that took the lame man to Jesus. And it took a team. And it's, I probably repeated this every week, that we're better together. Uh, one poor team, one individual might have, could have uncomfortably dragged this friend to Jesus. It would have been a rough ride. And two could have really struggled to take this lame man into the presence of the Lord. And it took four. And when they got to Jesus, they were bold and crazy. And in this book, we've been talking about crazy prayers. Corey and Rachel has asked about what is it to pray in crazy ways. And they lowered their friend through the roof down into the presence of the Lord. And they didn't know what Jesus would do. That's Jesus' job. It's not the men's job. But it definitely took a team. And in Mark chapter 2, it said, uh, and Jesus saw their faith. And uh, I'm not an artist, but I, I think I would love to be an artist for a moment and kind of capture somehow Jesus looking up to the ceiling that has been torn apart with a full house and this man be lowered down and these four guys sticking their head through the roof with these big old grins saying, now God, what are you going to do? And uh, those smiles, I've seen those smiles. I've seen some of the smiles in your face as, as you brought people into the presence of the Lord. As you've prayed with people, as you've experienced... Uh, I still remember your guys' face when little, not Lucas, it was Lucas. And God just kind of showed up in a really cool way. And I was just happened to be there and you shared that story. Because when we are a little bit of what God wants us to do, we get this fresh breath of, of the Spirit. And we know that it's not by our might or by our power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. And we, we, we talked about two being better than one. And that man was not meant to be alone. And that when we work together, uh, there's great benefits out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We have a good return in our work. If we fall down, another can pick them up. Uh, there's warmth and safety when two work together. You can defend one another. Uh, and then it, Ecclesiastes did well. It said, and the cord of three is not easily broken. So now we're inviting that third cord in a team. And always to be part of the team is that, uh, that God would be invited into, into our marriages and into our friendships, uh, into our, our relationships. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we, we've, we've talked about the horizontal of, of God connecting with us and then as he connects with us and he forgives us and restores us and redeems us and sanctifies us and man we could like run out of breath about how good God is and then it begins to affect how we treat one another and uh, so that's kind of where we're at this morning so we're going to kind of turn to kind of the worksheet in front of you and we're going to begin to look at one another verses so if I told you that in the New Testament, the word one another was used a hundred times, would you be surprised? Because remember, relationships are important to God. Remember the man is at the altar, and he's brought his gift, and, and he's worshiping God, and he says, leave the altar, and go make it, make it right, and come back and present your gift. So 
Others are important. We talked about the Ten Commandments being four, being relationship with God, six being something that we share with one another. So in the New Testament, there's a hundred times that the word one another is used. Ninety-four verses. What's so fun about your phone is you can just put one another verses and you push search and all of a sudden you see all 100 and everybody breaks them apart a little bit differently. One, one creator said 30% talk about unity within the church. Like how do we treat one another? A 30% of the verses talk about loving one another. And, and, and so just people just begin to, to look. We're, we're important to one another. Relationships are important to one another. Uh, Adam and Eve fell. They sinned. Right? And he went out looking for them. He's been looking for us ever since. And things were so bad that he sent Jesus to restore our relationship and take our place on the cross. That's the good news. That's, that's the best news. So, John 13, 34. A new command I give you. Love, what? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. You're not going to be surprised by these. These verses are, are powerful and important to, to us and our, our, our walk with, with God. Verse number two, and we've kind of gone through this verse already. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you, what? Love one another. Is the world watching? Wow, those people love each other. There's young and there's old. And there's, there's different races. And you, something, we need to set that course. They'll know that we are Christians by the way we love. How will they know? A good sermon? I hope. But it doesn't say sermon. It doesn't say potluck. Says love one another. So Vicky watches her granddaughter, and her granddaughter is like Vicky's not around. So there's people in this church that are passing around the granddaughter. Amen. No one scheduled it. There is a meal train, and some of you signed up to help send a little food to the stores, and that's an act of love. But it's really neat when there's a need and there's somebody or a number of people in this church that would say, mm-hmm, I'll take care of that little granddaughter or that son for you. I'll get him to school. That's what love is. I got a picture, I think, from uh, Tim. I don't know, Vicki probably took it because Vicki when we saw her on Friday, it was fantastic. And this morning, she's back in the hospital, so we just keep praying for her. But Tim had like a double turkey burger. 
and, and I barbecued for him, and I just took it over there, and he came home, and there was a big picture of this burger and with avocado, and it was like, man. And I had a little tiny piece, but if you go on to that meal train, you can see all these people kind of throughout the community, throughout our church, just loving in whatever way God has for us to love. Uh, Romans 12.10. Who would like to read? Just read that verse out loud, the whole verse. Who would like to read? I'm not going to, y'all pick on someone, but somebody could just say, okay, back here, in the very back, nice and loud, Amaya. So be what? Be devoted to one another in brother love. Devotion to another Christian with a family sort of love, not based on personal attraction or desirability. I always tell, you don't get to pick your friends at church. I mean, you kind of pick your friends out there, but in the church particularly, it says that we need to be devoted to one another like brothers and sisters. I didn't grow up in a church, but some, who grew up in a church that like that was really popular where you called everybody brother and sister so-and-so? Okay, there's one back there. There's Pat. So you grew up in a church where you'd greet everybody. Brother Gary, how you doing? Sister Barbara, what's up? So how many people, I mean, that was a common, and I like it because it's biblical. I don't like it because it's dorky. Uh, I mean, it's really biblical with that, like, Tony is my brother. And I think about my brother Kirk and my brother Scott, and there's something that, we're blood. We're, we're brothers. And then in, in, in the family of God, Tony is my brother, right? Pam is my sister. So when Pam calls up about her, her sister-in-law, Mindy, I care. And we care one for another. So it says to be uh, devoted to one another in brotherly love. Like brothers and sisters as part of the reason we're brothers and sisters is because we all have what? The same heavenly father that adopted us and has called us his children. Uh, as we've prayed together for the last, I don't know how many weeks it's been, eight weeks now or nine weeks? Or, and it, there's something as you pray together. Now, we played together last night. So a lot of kids that shot me. And we had some other things besides. We ate, we played circle games, and we, we sang Jesus' loves. But th those kids are all coming up and doing what? Pastor guy, hug, because we've kind of played together. Same thing happens when you begin to love one another and you begin to pray with one another. Right? There's a sense of, 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 of unity. You guys don't know, Sally's my neighbor. And we've always been friends. And until until we began to like pray together and we, we, now there's just a sense of, of you guys know what I'm talking about? A sense of unity? A sense of like wanting to be together? A sense of looking forward as you come through the door in a moment you can say greet one another and, and it was like is, this is for, for reals. This is something that we just don't like pretend or just kind of do it out of out of just what do you call it? Just out of routine. There's spirit in there. There's life in there. We honor one another above ourselves. Hebrews 10, 24. Let, go for it. Who's got it? And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good 
Who wants to be spurred? <laughs> Who wants to be encouraged to stimulate? It's been fun because Mike, as Chase's dad, has spurred me on. His faith has been contagious to my faith. He's walking through things that I'm not walking through, but because of his faith, I'm going, wow, I'm, I'm encouraged. And it says to what? To spur one another, to, to encourage one another towards love and to good deeds. That word that says iron sharpens iron. There's a sense of, of as, as we work together, last night, everybody left, except for the team kind of the leadership team. And the, it looked like a, a war zone. We had couches on purpose, like, turned over so we could hide behind. We had ice chests. We had, like, it, we had tape marks. We, we, and I'm going, oh, I kind of forgot about what it looked like after 50 people had too much fun. And within, I mean, I'm tired, but I'm not going to say a word. I look down at my watch, and I have 37,000 steps already. I'm going, whoo, no wonder I feel it. It's a lot of steps. Uh, then all of a sudden, Ken starts working, and then Eric, who's not even part of the team. That's what happens when you're working together. Everybody wants to jump in. So all of a sudden, we had a few others that jumped in, and within 20 minutes, done. We spurred each other on to what? Good deeds. The only thing we thought about was, I'm sure glad boy didn't clean the carpet yet, because we got a few more circles down there. That was our thought. We got all done. We're going, I'm glad boys hasn't done that yet because we just added to the decoration down there. Spur one another on to, uh, to, towards love and good deeds. Offer? 1 Peter 4.9. Who's got it? Who has the gift of hospitality? You just know that. That's, it, we all can learn it, but some of you are gifted. Janet, raise your hand because you're gifted. So a gift of hospitality in your life that you love just having people. I know there's more than one here. Who, who loves to just kind of be have people over? Just loves people just kind of hanging out? Uh, Rick, your hand's up? By association. Joanne, we walked by your house on Thursday and you had a bunch of cars out in front. Bible study. And they were busy, huh? Yeah, so they passed them off to you. And I saw these cars in front of your house. You didn't probably see us through the windows. <laughs> I would have brought my dog in. It would have been all over. But I didn't know it was a home group for sure because one night we came by your house, it was Bunko night. And there was, but I saw John's car parked. And I'm saying, think about being a pastor and taking your little half-mile walk, right, kind of before you cut, and walk by the Bible study that your people are doing. Wouldn't that be cool? To say, wow, they're in there praying for one another, loving one another, encouraging one another, spurring each other on. They're practicing the very sermon that we are talking about. And that's what I want to be, is a church that practices that. And uh, I think you know what I mean. This is just, the Bible's so amazing. Offer hospitality. My mom was really weird. Because when we had people over, we had to clean everything. Like, normally our house was sort of like a house. But man, when somebody came over, it had to be perfect. 
and we're all saying, Mom, no one lives in a perfect house. Why can't we just have people over and just be real? And Mom says, you don't get it. Uh, we can't, we got to clean this and clean that. We got to clean it. Yeah, you gotta, we, we have that pressure to kind of perform for one another a little bit and t show people that we're better than we really are. But there's a place where, where we can just kind of hang out and no one's judging anybody. We're going to share and we're going to enjoy what we have. Uh, down in Mexico, it's crazy because they have nothing or very little. I've been into little homes with dirt floors and a couch that most of us wouldn't keep in our backyard. And they're like, come on in. Here, I only have one couch, but you're welcome on it. We're thinking, I don't know if I want to sit on that couch. But you have this sense of hospitality, a sense of openness, a sense of my life is yours. Uh, can we share that together? 1 John 4, 7. So this one another is more than just a list to get done. How many people like lists? No one likes lists. I got to get this done and this done and this done and this done and this done. And you go, ah. Oh. I mean, it helps you get through your day. But I'd rather have a response of doing these, acting this way because the Lord lives in my heart. And somehow it happens. I'm going to say use the word naturally. Some people use the word organically. Right? It's like, wow, it's just a response because there's so much love in my heart that I want to share that with others. I don't know if I'm telling too many personal stories or not. Got done visiting Chuck. Just left setting up our, our kind of family night. And there was a single mom with two kids that I grew up my, our youth group. And she was waiting for a bus. And how hot was it yesterday? It was hot. And I called her by name, and I said, what are you doing? And she says, I need a ride to Atascadero. I was already in Templeton, but we, I need to be back to church by 4. And I'm thinking, okay, I got an hour. And what do you think God told me to do? Pick her up and what? Take her to Atascadero. I was like, okay, Lord. I mean, I did it with, kind of giggled. Because have you ever, like, saying, like, really? Like, really? I don't know. I don't know, Lord. You gotta be kidding me. Like, like, I'm visiting this guy in the hospital. Where, yeah, just put her in your car. It's my car anyway. And you know, it's it's. You ask me if the first whenever I buy a car, I give it to the Lord. So this is your car, Lord. Use it, right, Dino? Because we went to camp, and Dino's like, I need a car. And I'm thinking, I was just looking for a way that God could use our car for camp. And did you have fun in that little car? Sure you did. Had all your kids in there. You took good care of it. Uh, when, when, when God gives us something, he wants us to what? Share it. And then it's really fun because God makes, you make, makes the car payments too. You know, if you open your home up, you're going to, you open your life up, and it's like sometimes awkward and uncomfortable, but it all belongs to God what? Anyway. And so we kind of live out these one another verses. We're probably not going to get through all these. That's okay, though. Uh, maybe we can go out and practice a few on the way home. <laughs> so, so it's really crazy. So, like, Pastor Guy, can you take me to CVS? I'm thinking, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, I gotta, I gotta, <sighs> okay, Lord. Yeah, I can take you to CVS, no problem. And, like, 
and I was, I was like, but there's a balance. You can only do so much. And it's like, I, she's, I said, I can't wait, though. I, I can't, can I just drop you off? And, and she said, that'd be fine. But like, I know part of her wanted me to kind of just wait in, a, in the parking lot. Right? Because, I mean, sometimes, and then there, I had a, there's a line where I'm saying, you know, I, I'm kind of done, and, and that's okay. God doesn't, doesn't, right? I and mean, there's a place, correct? Or should I stay? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thank you, Terry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being, trying to be like, because. There's lots of needs out there, and no one can take care of all of it. And, but as we work together as a team, and we don't work with our own power, but the power of the Spirit. So we're talking Acts 2. I think Pentecost Sunday is coming on the 4th. And, and Jesus said to go into all the world, but you better do it my way. So don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of power and of boldness and of wisdom. And there is a place to wait, and there's, there's a time to have wisdom from above. At least we got to the next one. Who's going to read the fun, this next fun one? 1 Corinthians 16.20. Who's, Who's ever gotten a holy kiss before? Okay, a couple? We in America don't do holy kisses very often, and I'm not advocating it. I know in Europe, they do a lot of that. Who's been to Europe before? Isn't it, isn't it kind of a little uncomfortable, a little bit? Like, what are they doing? They're kissing everybody. But it says to greet one another. What's some of the ways we, we can greet one another in our church and in our town, in our city? So, okay, we shake hands. We can high five. We can do the cool thing like, what's up? What's up? What's up? I mean, if, if you hug every kid at the high school, maybe you'd be like, we'd be weird. What's up? You kind of like a little what's up. You, you make eye contact, right? Uh, what, what's some of our greetings? Okay, we can hug. We can side hug. So this is a side hug, okay? So when I hug girls, I do side hugs. That's very appropriate. Okay? Just love one another. Uh, there is, there's, n there's nothing like, and what does a greeting Tell the other person. Why is greeting one another important to God? Okay, you're acknowledging them. What, 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 what are you doing? Feel welcome. Feel valued. Feel noticed. Feel important. Feel included. Are those things important to God? If he created you in his image, aren't you valuable? Aren't you important? Doesn't God want to include? You're walking in a room and you're not like you're an outsider. Whoo! I was at a, a funeral last Friday. No one wants to sit with a preacher. Everybody wants to say hi with you. But like, sit with a preacher is a little bit weird. Uh, preachers like to take somebody with them, so it's a little more comfortable. You kind of get my drift? They all want to say, great job, but they don't really want to talk with you. <laughs> You can kind of know who kind of has that little spiritual connection because they'll, like, communicate with you. So it was actually a girl from the youth group, and she kind of called me over. Pastor Guy, come have lunch with me. And so we're out at the River Oaks, 
And I, you felt like, what do I do? Like, my wife's at work, and I know I need to be here, but you kind of like you're in line. You're kind of, and the person I was going to sit with uh, was all of a sudden, he jumped in the table and was already too crowded, and I'm going, mm, that's weird. Like, where do I do it? There's all of a sudden, Amanda calls me over, and I felt like, oh, thank God. Uh, somebody wants to sit with me. You ever been there? Right? I mean, like, okay. So then Amanda, like, in the middle of lunch, like, oh, I got to go. And her two other friends that are sitting with her leave. So the fear of all fears happens. I'm alone. And the chicken is really, really good. And the beans are good. And the, I even took a piece of bread with butter on it. And I was like, oh. So yummy, but now I'm so. I'm, my thought was, I'm getting up, I'm chucking this plate into the trash, and I'm out of here. Right? I mean, what do you do when you're the pastor and you just shared God's heart, and you and and parents allowed me to share some pretty hard things about addiction and some areas of just it was it was God, and I'm about ready to dish that plate. And what do you think happened? Another, it was actually the, the young man with Charlie. He grew up in church. He was baptized there. He had returned back to the Lord. He picked up some baggage in between. He died in a car accident out on 101. Kaylee brought him to church, his sister. Uh, Kaylee called me and said, Pastor Guy, can you do this service? Yeah. God shows up, but I'm sitting alone. And it was Kaylee's husband, loud, across this whole area. Pastor Guy, come sit with us. And now I'm at the table of honor. Because you kind of want to give family. You know, there's a lot of people that need to be with a family. You don't want to go, can I sit next to you? So he called me over, and all of a sudden I was just, I was valued. I was included. I was noticed. I was, I was comfortable. We have that ability to do that with one another. Come sit with me. You see somebody in church, so you kind of sitting alone? Come sit. You know what it is? My daughter's single. You know, the hardest thing is to walk in church and sit alone. She says, Dad, it's really weird. I love church. I love worship. I love God. But to walk into a church and sit by yourself is weird. And so you're always looking for someone someone you sort of know or somebody that has that gift and there's people in this church that have that gift say hey come you're welcome if you, can, you know if you want to kind of hang out with us and whatever so there's a place that that remember Cindy Huntsberger that's John's wife who passed away she was aggressively friendly <laughs> would that be a good description aggressively friendly what's your name are you part of a home group Right? David remembers. Uh, we miss Cindy's. The Lord has replaced Cindy with an others. But that was, she was just, right, John? She made you feel like family. You felt valuable, that you're important. So she blessed you. So you've, you've, you, who else had been touched by Cindy in this church? Okay, look around, John. Keep your hands up. Look around, John. See? Look around. That's the effect that we have on one another. If we just walk in the love of the Lord, and then we're able to share with one another. Um, it was fun being with Rihanna, which is Claudia and Henry's daughter, right? And I don't, it was so cool. I said, that was so fun. 
and they brought other friends. And when they came down, it was like, okay, not all pizza's going to be gone because they like, came down. They were called the Rihanna team. We have these flags downstairs. It was a lot of fun. But uh, amen. Uh, included. Greeting one another. We look for opportunity. I think that's why Facebook works so well, because there's little ways to connect. It doesn't always work well, but the, it, you can connect. You can share prayer needs. You can share celebrations. You can sell, share a picture. You can feel part. Let's, let's, let's stop there. So when I read scripture, I'm encouraged. When I say, Lord, can I just, because of your love, because of what happened on the cross, then I'm different. I'm not better than anyone. As a Christian, I'm not better than a non-Christian. I'm just different. They're made in the image of God like I am. They're probably more talented than I am. They could have a higher IQ than I have. The list could go on and on. But what happens is because of this, this, this vertical relationship that I received as a gift from God, not anything that I could do. I can't boast about what God has done for me. All I done, have done is received the gift of salvation. I received the gift of, of relationship with God. And as I'm, it's kind of neat, it's talking about grace is always flowing down. Grace is always flowing down. And then as it kind of comes down, we're able to share the grace and love with, with others. And then we kind of get into, it's just kind of like a word study, the one another, that it was so important, the word one another was so important in the heart of God that the writers of the New Testament repeated it a hundred times. And after a hundred times, we might say, it must be important to God. And you say, well, I always ask, why is it important to God? Because we're important to God and you're important to God. And then you start getting people working together and this brother-in-law at the, at the service put it all together. He was kind of the spokesperson. Uh, God, God used him to, to, he put the slideshow together, him and his, his wife. And, and I don't know if he saw by his heart of, he was not just doing that to me. He was doing that to kind of everyone. He was, his eyes were looking around to see who was awkward and who didn't have a place. And he was kind of connecting people left and right. That's what my God does. He pursues us. And then he, we're able to share value, the value of, with one another. So let's just bow on prayer. I'll have the worship team come up, and we'll do one last song together. We'll celebrate. I guess we get to celebrate the vertical and practice the horizontal. I don't know. I've never said that before. We get to celebrate this relationship that we have nothing. All we can do is receive it. And there's nothing we earn. There's nothing that we have to do. We just open our heart. But it's what we receive from the Lord vertically. Then we get to go out and practice it. And we get to practice everywhere. Uh, it says that all we do at work and at home and at school, everywhere, we begin to practice what God has poured into us. He never asks us to do something that he hasn't done for us already. That's why it's called a relationship. I've been in the hospital too much, and, and, and I've watched the nurses. 
this week. And uh, what, what beauty, what honor, what grace. And you can kind of tell who the Christian nurses are because when you're praying, they're thinking, they're saying, amen, or, or, you know, this is, you know, just, it's beautiful this kind of, for that to, ha- to happen. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand together.